thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, uh, your bulletin on the back of it is the outline. We are in the, in the last of the series that we jumped into, the Let's Go series, and uh, this is the last one we'll conclude. Didn't want to conclude on spring break weekend, just worked that way because we missed that Sunday, but, uh, but a great series. Now, remember, we talked about let's, the, the, the military term of come in and go out. That's what we've, we've taken this whole thing from. And we remember that coming in means worship and going out means witnessing. And last week we looked at let's be friends, okay? And today we're going to look at let's eat. Now some of y'all are like, what in the heck does that mean? We'll get into that in just a little bit, okay? We'll look at that. So let's eat is what we're talking about today. So I want you to go to your Bible, John chapter 4. A lot of scripture. We're going to be in and out of John 4 a bunch today, so you got to hang with me. John 4, let's go to verse, um, let's go to verse 5. It says, So he came to a city of Samaria, which was called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, remember the word weary, he sat, he sat this by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So let me help you with something. They started their day at 6 a.m., so the sixth hour would make it about noon. So we're talking about noon here, okay? A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. We'll come back to that in just a little bit. I want you to go to verse uh, go to 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? They're they're very on on a natural conversation here, and Jesus is not on a natural conversation. They're, they're, They're always a step behind. He's like, come on, guys, let's go. We're not talking about this, okay? So he's, he's on a spiritual conversation. They're totally on the natural, okay? Um, look at 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Man, that's a great text right there. If you, if you have your Bible, that's beautiful. My food is to do the will of my Father and finish his work. Man, that's a great word there. I want you to see something in this text before we really jump deep into it. Jesus was hungry, he was thirsty, and he was tired. Now, let me break this down for you. Jesus was a human being. I mean, so many times we think, well, I'm not Jesus. Hello? He was hungry. He was tired. He was thirsty. That's why he stopped there. That's why he said what he said. Okay? We need food. Food refreshes us. Food gives us energy. I mean, just picture this for a little bit. Say your wife is home with the children. She works at home all day while you work out of the house. Okay, she works twice as hard as you. Just imagine that, okay? And so the kids are everywhere, three kids, okay? It's about dinner time, and she knows you're coming soon, so she's trying to get dinner ready. She's got one kid at the table, one at the bar, and one at a little play table, 
Well, that she was at the play table. Now she's decided to eat her spaghetti on top of the clean clothes that you just got out of the dryer, which are on the couch. Okay? So these kids are everywhere. And dinner's time, and here in comes the husband. And he's just had this glorious day of eating at this restaurant, and eating at this restaurant, and having coffee over here, and all these meetings. And you want to come in and tell your wife all about your day. And she's really trying to find the Spirit, find the Holy Spirit to well up in her, because you're just trying to get some of her, you know, to talk about it. And there's spaghetti on the ceiling, and sauce is on the microwave, and blown up, because she thought she put 30 seconds, she put three minutes, okay, so that stuff's everywhere, okay? Kids are all over the place, it's crazy, it's loud, and she turns to you in all the Jesus she can muster, and she says... If you will just let me sit down and eat, then I will listen to you. You will like my answers much better if I get to eat first. Now, let me say something to you as a husband. That is a minute that you have got to really connect with the Spirit and go, I know my wife is talking to me, but I think that was Jesus in the flesh. And I'm about to back off and let her eat all the spaghetti she ever. I'm going to bring her a tea, get her napkin, put her up to the table, let her eat, and then I'll tell her about my day. Why? Because she needs to eat, okay? She needs to eat. And we've all been there. We've all been there because food nourishes us. Okay, now I want you to see what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying he's hungry, he's tired, he's thirsty, he's human. But then in 34 he says, the will of the Father is for me to do God's work and finish, to do God's will and finish his work. Many of us are starving to death and we don't even know it. God says this, that you've got to be a person that is eating of my word. The word says that your words came to me and I ate them. Joshua says, meditate on the word so you not depart from it. John says that you've got to be connected to me because apart from me, you can do nothing. You've got to get in the word. You've got to eat the word. It's the bread of life. It is life. You've got to have it because you've got to have spiritual food. And spiritual food is God's word, God's will, and finish his work. That's what you got to have. And many of us are not fulfilled. We're not satisfied because we're not doing that. We're not. We're living and doing and functioning out of God's will because we're not eating God's word. And my friends, as a believer, as a spirit-filled believer, when you're not in the word, you're empty. You just don't know it. You're just empty. Your life doesn't have power. You don't have any Hop to your walk. Your Rice Krispies don't have no pop. I mean, just nothing's there. And so you got to have it, okay? I want to work three things real quick with us. I want you to go back to your word. Look at John 4. Go to verse 9. Interesting part about this is Jesus, and we're going to look at this, but number one is Jesus shared his story. I want you to see what he does here in verse 9. He basically is starting to unpack who he is. He's about, he's basically telling this woman who he is. He's telling his own story just right there to her, okay? Look at verse 9. Then the woman in Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink? I'm a Samaritan woman. 
for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would, be, he would give, have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Let me help you with something. Yes. He didn't answer that, but let's answer it for him. Yes. I mean, yes, I am. Okay. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water shall become but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Man, that's beautiful. Are you greater? <laughs> I, 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 he probably wanted to say yes really bad there. And then he kind of helps her kind of get it by explaining that to her. But the water I give you will become in you a well springing up to eternal life. I want you to see what happens here. She tries to distract him or use excuses three times. She uses race. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. What are you talking to me for? You see that a lot. She tries reason. What are you going to draw this water from? You don't have anything to draw it from. Well, it's deep. Then, he try, then she tries later religion. My father says you must worship on that mountain, and you say I should worship on this mountain. Basically, you do it that way. Always trying to distract you. See, they won't talk about the dinosaurs. Well, what about the dinosaurs? What about the dinosaurs? All this. Okay? Don't worry about the dinosaurs. They'll take care of themselves. He's kind of like the blind man. Remember John 9 when they had the blind guy? They said, well, who healed him? Is that God? Did he do that? Did he do it on the Sabbath? I want to know if he did it on the Sabbath. And the blind man says, listen, here's the deal. I was once blind, but now I see. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's, I mean, that's basically what he said, amen. I mean, I know that's not what the Bible says, but that's what he's saying. He's tired of all the yak. He just says, listen, dude, I don't know all that other stuff. I don't know what day it was. I don't know if it was the sixth hour, twelfth hour, third hour, ninth hour. I don't know. I don't know if he still had his shoes on. I don't know if he's barefooted. I don't know if he had shaved. I don't know any of that stuff. But, dude, here's what I do know. I met him, and I was blind. And after he walked off, I walked away seeing. And I've never been the same again. That's what it's about. Don't get caught up in all this stuff, man. You say, well, your sin part of your testimony is better than my sin part. Listen to me. I don't care about your story and about your sin part. Because your sin part's not the good part. The Jesus part is the good part. And you all got that. Okay? I don't care if you smoked pot, got saved from that, played in a bar, don't matter. Or you went to church all your life and got saved under the balcony hiding from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter, okay? You met Jesus, and he changed your life. He changed your life. And that's the deal here. She's like, oh, you ain't going to draw from this big old well. What is, what? Jesus like, are you kidding me? You hit me with all that goofy stuff? I don't have time for all that. None of that. Or Jesus told his story. He's told his story. It's beautiful. Listen to me. Go to, go to, we got a row, but go to John 4. Look at verse 16. 
I love this part. Jesus shared his story, but he did the other thing too. He moved in the miraculous. He did. Let's see it. Okay? Go to, go to 16 through 19. Some of the best parts of this whole text. Verse 16 says this. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman said, uh, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you well said. You have no husband. And then I love 18. This is mess you up right here. All right? You have five husbands. All right? And the one you... And the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. And I love the woman's response. Watch this. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> I love that, man. She's like, whoop. She done read my mail, man. I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> like, you have five husbands, a man you're like shacked up with now. He's not judging me either. And I mean, that's just cool about that. That's a great response. I want you to look at Luke. Go back to Luke's gospel. I'm sorry. The Bible's funny. I don't care what y'all say. But they say Bible's boring. Bible's not boring. In this series alone, you can find out the Bible's not boring, okay? Look at Luke 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Luke 4, 14. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you the address. Luke 4, 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit of the Spirit to Galilee. And the news of him went through all the surrounding reasons. Where, what did he come back in? The power of the Spirit. Not his own power. The power of the Spirit. I want you to flip back to uh, John 5. John 5, 19. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the father also does in like manner. You ever heard the term word of knowledge? Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is simply this. You know something about someone based on the spirit revealing it to you, but you don't know them naturally. You may not have never met this person naturally. Man, don't know anything about them, but you're sitting with them, and the Spirit of God gives you a word of knowledge, and you know something about this person. That's what Jesus did. He's, he's hanging out with her, and he, and he has this dialogue with her in John 4, and he says, go get your husband. Uh, don't, have, don't, have, don't really have a husband. I know you had five, and the man you shacked up with now is not your husband. He says, I, I perceive you're a prophet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Red or male. Let me tell you something. Jesus did everything he did because he was absolutely in tune with the Father. He was. Listen to this statement. Jesus was in tune because he had an intimate relationship with the Father and a sensitive relationship with the Spirit. That's the only way we're going to make it. I mean, that's it. We... If we're going to make it in this world, we have wisdom, have a word of knowledge, know what God wants of us, be in tune with him, hear his voice, get the word, jump off the page. we got to walk in the Spirit. And when you're walking in the Spirit, the, the, Jesus gives you a word of knowledge. He'll give you a word of knowledge. All right? And you'll know about a situation before the situation arrives. You'll know what to do. You'll know how to function in it. You'll be able, in the middle of it, to be able to discern, hmm, that's not of God. 
I shouldn't do this. And everything on paper may go, whoo, home run, 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 home run. That's got to be God. And you look at it and go, hmm, nah, that's not a green light. That's a blinking yellow. That's a blinking yellow. That thing might turn red. That thing might turn green. But right now, it's not green. And so for us to go ahead and struggle after and then blame God looking back is wrong. You're not walking in the Spirit. You you walked in the Spirit till you got there, and then you jumped in the natural. A lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Get you in trouble every time. We're going to make it today if we have an intimate relationship with the Father and a sensitive relationship with the Spirit. Jesus says, I do not equate equality with God, something to be grasped. But he humbled himself and became nothing. He became nothing. Nothing. You say, well, the reason he could do all that stuff and the reason he read her mail is because he's Jesus. Mm, Watch out. Watch out. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was weary. He was tired. He was so me and you, it scares us. He was. He was me and you. But he was so in tune with the Father because of the intimacy with the Father. He says, apart from me, I can't do anything without the Father. And you can't do anything without me. That's the beauty of it. He spoke in the miraculous. Let me say something to you. The most fun you will ever have on this earth is when God uses you to speak in the Spirit. When God reveals something to you, and it's nothing but the Holy Spirit of God revealing it to you, and you're absolutely engaged in a conversation or a dialogue with someone, and the Holy Spirit gives you a word of knowledge and gives you a word to give to that person, and they light up. You'll be so jacked up. I'm telling you right now, I've had that happen many, many, many times. And it's fun. Woo, it's fun. It's fun. Amen. I mean, at restaurants, I've said at a lot of restaurants in Amarillo, Texas, and, and over bacon, over eggs, over a biscuit, a cup of coffee, the word of knowledge about that person sitting across from me. And I've seen grown men cry, weep, and give their life to Christ at Calico County, at Logan's, and all kinds of restaurants. Why? Because I played Jesus in that story of the woman at the well. It's not that I am Jesus. I played Jesus. And we, as children of a living God who says, I've sent my spirit to resonate in you. And the things that I did, you'll do even greater because the spirit lives in you. So when you're intimately walking with Jesus, you're not superhuman. You're just walking in the power of Jesus. And he's going to give you a word, man. You'll see stuff. Has that happened to you? The question is, if you're a born-again child of the God, why is it not happening? Because you're just as full as I am. You have all the Holy Spirit you ever wanted if you'll just ask. You'll just draw from it. You'll just draw from it. we got a row, a lot of Scripture left. Look what happens. Jesus shared his story. Then he moved into miraculous. And here's the coolest stinking stuff going on. She shared her story. <laughs> she shared hers. Look at John 25. Look at 425. I'm sorry. Look back to John Look at verse 25. And the woman said to him, 
I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who you speak to am he. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen her face. All right. I've just been, I've been better than the one that said, go get your husband. All right. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you, or why are you talking with her? And the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to, to the men, Come see the man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be Christ? I want you to look at uh, 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman and the, and the, that, who testified, who told me all that I ever did. Many believed because why? Because she testified that. Look at 41 and 42. And many more believed because of his own word. And then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this indeed is the Christ, the Son of the world. Mm. We also know. We also know. She met him. He, he read her mail, changed her life, gave her water that became in her a spring of living water. She went back and told everybody. And they believed because of her testimony. That's a beautiful story. Here's the deal. All you got to do to introduce anybody is to meet them. If I met Paxton and we're friends, I can introduce Paxton to other people. Why? Because I know Paxton. You ever introduce someone, you have no idea who they are? Hey, I want you to meet someone. Hey, what's your name? That's weird. They don't know you for, hey, I'm Jeff, by the way. And this is John. John, this is my friend. You can't do that. If you've met him, you can introduce him. See, she didn't introduce him until she met him. Never before this has she ever introduced anybody to him. After this, she introduces many. Many. How many are you introducing? Count in your mind right now how many people you have introduced to the Jesus who caused you to now see when you were once blind. None. I'm just a selfish pig. I just took this all for myself. I'm so happy with my new eyesight. I just don't want to share it because I love it so much. Well, that's really nice of you. That's not exactly what he had in mind, okay? That's a good way to have a bad Christmas next year because you're so selfish with your presence this year, okay? Your parents won't be nice, okay? Quit sitting on your story and tell your story. I want you to see something. We looked last week at Luke 14, 23. Jesus, remember at the table, and he says, I want you to go out. I compel you to go out and get them, to get them. Listen to me. We need to eat. We need to eat. We need to eat his word, eat his will, and, and eat his work. Which is what we need to do. And when you meet him, you go and tell your story. Just go tell your story. Now, let me, let me share something with you. A normal week for me 
when I study Tuesday, Thursday, some on Wednesday before Paxton gets there for breakfast. And Saturday morning, I get up. And Saturday morning when I get up, I beat everybody up but my dogs, unfortunately. And so I'm trying to just sit at the table, and I'm reading over my stuff. But what I'm really doing is just praying in the Spirit. I'm just praying. I, I, I got away from it because with dyslexia, you can't spend a lot of time in it because it's just ugly, okay? You got to get away. Little chunks is what dyslexia people need, okay? So a little chunk, little chunk, little chunk, little chunk. So Saturday morning, I just want to pray. And a lot of times, I'm just praying in the Spirit. And why do I pray in the Spirit? Because the Spirit is smarter than me. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had a real cool answer for you, but the Spirit's just smarter than me. He'll know what to pray for, okay? I don't. And so a thought came to me that in verse 8 of this text, it says that the disciples went to the town to get food. Hmm. Well, how did John write this down? He wasn't there, right? John's a disciple. They went to get food. So how did he write this down? Did he go back and say, hey, hey, I'm I'm writing a book. and, and, And listen to me. Miss Samaritan, listen to me. How, what did he say exactly? No, no, listen, I'm writing a book. God, tell me exactly. He said, "Mm mm-hmm, fight, yeah, go get, mm mm-hmm. He's not your husband. Mm -hmm. That was mean, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, then he said, so what did he do? Did he go back and interview people? I mean, he can't interview the whale. Well, what did she say? I mean, he can't. You had to interview her. Look back a chapter before in John chapter 3, it's Nicodemus. When did Nicodemus come to Jesus at night? What's John doing? Sleeping. But how do you know? How do you know? Interesting. At the cross, John's gospel records stuff at the cross that Matthew, Luke, and Mark do not record. (laughs) You know I'm setting you up. Listen to me. John, let me tell you about John. I believe that John knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is something incredibly special about this dude. And I'm not going anywhere without him. Everywhere he goes, I'm going with him. I'm telling you, I'm not, he ain't getting out of my sight. Night, day, bad, good, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I don't think it's a mistake at the cross when Jesus looked down at, at the people at the cross, his brothers, John was there, and he turned to John and he said, Take care of my mom. Take care of my mom. Let me tell you something about John. This is what Jesus says and the scriptures say about John. He was the disciple that leaned on Jesus' breast. Mm. He was the disciple that leaned on Jesus' breast. Let me tell you, man, John was so close to Jesus. Mm. Nothing got by him. Show that slide. I want you to see something. The power to go out mm, comes from the time you come in. You better never forget that. You see, there's nothing special about anything that we're talking about. You want to go out in power? (laughs) You better come in. Because the more time you come in, the greater power you have when you go out. And John knew that. John knew that. I got to stick with him. I got to stick with him. I got to stick with him. Let me tell you something, folks. 
For some of us, the reason we are not telling our story is because we're so desperately spiritually weak and unnourished because we're not coming in. We're really not coming in. We're coming in on Sunday morning, and we're thinking we're going to have enough gas on Friday afternoon when Jesus encounters us with someone. And we're not. We miss them. Don't even see them. We don't, we don't see it. We don't even we don't pick up on the conversation. When they talk to us, we don't, we, we don't hear what they're really saying underneath the surface. Because we're not coming in with power. We don't, we don't have any power because we're not coming in. Listen to me. The story in John chapter 4, what makes it incredible, right, is the fact that Jesus said, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm thirsty. I'm just like you. But here's the deal. I am in an intimate relationship with the Father, and I'm in a sensitive relationship with the Spirit. And I know about her, and because of her statement, I was able to go spiritually when all my disciples and her wanted to go natural. How many natural conversations do you have that God wanted to have it spiritual? Folks, you got two weeks, three weeks before Easter. Greatest time in the life of the church. Go tell your story. Go tell your story. Jesus says, I compel you to go tell your story. The power to go out comes from the time you come in. Let's pray. Father, this morning, what an incredible story, the woman at the well. Jesus told his story. She told her story. God, the question is, are we telling ours? Are we telling our story? God, I pray that you would compel us to do that. God, give us sensitivity as a spirit because of the intimacy of my relationship with you. God, I pray for anyone to sound in my voice that was kind of like the blind man. He just doesn't see, but he wants to see. I pray for family looking for a church home. I pray, Father, you lead them here. I pray for us that we would, we would be compelled to get to this altar and say, God, i got to start telling my story. You changed my life, and I'm not telling my story, God. God, I pray that I would come in with power so that I could go out and tell my story. God, do us an invitation time. You move us for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stay in church. This time is your time. You do as God leads.
by you, amazed by you. I'm going to ask our deacons to come down to receive our offering. Church, I want to continue to just to praise you for your giving. Just stay faithful. God's doing a great work here, boy. Many of what we see, many of what we don't see, just continue your faithfulness. Asher, you pray for us, buddy. God, I just want to thank you for being the great I am. Mm. That way we don't have to be. I, I just ask that uh, we, we would lay down ourselves uh, so you could do your will through us, yeah. that, that we would uh, act in such a way that only you could do. I just ask right now in this time of tithing offering, I just ask that you would do what only you can do, that you would uh, just, just stretch it out, multiply it, and just pour your blessings out over it so we can, uh, as a church body, do your work and reach more people for your name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, church. Thank you. 